Jess Corcoran. And I'm Laura McCann. Welcome to the Thriving While Nine to Fiving podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode one of series three of the podcast. Can you believe it? Kind of can, kind of can't. It's all a bit crazy. Um, I suppose we should start with an apology because we kind of just went a bit like AWOL <laughs> towards like <laughs> the back end of last year. Um, we both had different things going on and we just yeah. needed a rest. Um, but we're back with you now and we're so excited. We've got so many amazing guests coming up for you this series. Um, and yeah, we just can't wait to continue to have the conversations that we're having. So if you're not already, make sure you're following us on Instagram. Um, make sure you're following us on Twitter. Um, and leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen. Or drop us a DM and let us know what you're thinking. But without further ado, we'll move on to the to the first section of the podcast for this week. So obviously, if you're a regular listener, you'll know we normally do highs and lows. But actually, it's our, well, it's a bit late now, but it's one year, one whole year of the podcast. It's our podcast's first birthday month. So, woo, woo. Woo, woo. Happy so, birthday to us. Woo, I actually can't sing, so. Uh-huh. I mean, like, not that that was singing, to be honest, mate. I think I would probably I go for more like a happy birthday to, to yeah. us. I feel like that's happy easier. Happy birthday. Ooh, okay. So, yeah. So, with that in mind, we're going to, like, talk a bit about, like, the best bits of, the best bits, the worst bits of our first, our first birthday year and sort of general reflection on, you know, how life and work and the podcast has been in the past year so over to you laura <laughs> oh right we'll start with me then <laughs> yeah um i feel like have you seen and i mean i don't mean this to be judgmental like parents love your babies and talk about them that's fine but you know when people do that thing of oh what like six months of you insert baby name you now like to do this you now eat this you don't like those things i feel like that's what this is going to be like so yeah um one year I... of our podcast, I am Laura <laughs> and I like the podcast <laughs> and I like the job I have now and oh. I didn't really like the job I had before because it got very stressful, but I yeah. do know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, it's just it's just been a really big year, hasn't it, massively? Mm-hmm. And it's actually been really nice to have this consistency of doing this and getting us engaged with different people in the workplace and hearing about their experiences. Um and also, you know, having that support system there from people being really kind to us and being great at sort of chipping in where they can and offering just support where they're able to. And of course, like you and I being able to connect as even better friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that has been so, so valuable um, for the past 12 months. Um, and I think, yeah, the, the, absolutely the biggest thing for me is just the fact that, you know, I, I, I like I've moved now into an organization that is is my dream I feel like I'm really getting into a place of like I've done the hard work of life as it were I mean mm. I'm saying this at like 27 so you know we'll talk again in like five more years when something else has gone wrong but um right you know it, it, it is just like I feel like I'm getting to a really peaceful place like mm-hmm. and just having quite a sincere joy about where I'm at even though like I know there's there's still more places to go and not just in terms of holidays though obviously I'm going to do those um mm-hmm. but like there is so much life ahead of me but I'm not in a rush 
I'm not anxious. I'm not scared. I'm just really, really sincerely peaceful and joyful. Um, and yeah, like obviously with my previous role, it it did really really upset me to go. It's such a bittersweet thing to do, namely for the people. Mm. Um, everybody who's ever worked at the organisation that I used to, that's what they all say. Like it's not necessarily the role you miss, though. You do get some fantastic opportunities. It's always the people, mm. but. I'm now in a brand new place with another great team that mm. I fitted right into and we all get on and like we'll go to the pub after work on occasion and like you know those mm. little just things of we like each other and we want to chat with each other and we do and we you know everyone's so incredibly helpful um and already like my little box of nice things that people have said in my inbox is getting quite full because oh, they're just lovely, lovely. Mm-hmm. so no yeah it has like yeah it's it's been a slog to get there like you know you don't get to wake up one that you get to wake up one day and go oh my goodness it all happened now but you don't get to wake up and go i want it now and you get it in an instant Mm, like every single thing that you do there's always been hard work beforehand um and i yeah i'm i'm like i'm not doing any hard work for a little bit yet (laughs) i want to take it easy i want the nice life for a bit well you've Um, entered to get to that place it hasn't been easy like you're saying you're there now so you've got to be able to enjoy it in the moment haven't you yeah i think that's the thing as well and like obviously with covid and stuff we hopefully we are on our way out of it i'd love to think that we are but we just don't know so i kind of i really Mm. do just want to take the next few months at least to just ride things out and let them happen and just not make too many decisions and just kind of roll with it and be chill um that, yeah that's that's great and you're obviously coming from a position of strength because like say you're happy so you've already made them like past you has done the stuff so now present you yeah. can just enjoy and then future you can make more decisions but you can just enjoy you right now absolutely absolutely now has has the year been for you jess yeah, it's been it's been a like it's been a difficult year, but it's been like a good year at the same time. And it's a, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, particularly for like the pandemic and stuff. But even aside from that, um, yeah, it's been tricky. I've changed jobs this year as well, um, you know, which was very much a blessing, um, because I definitely wanted to move on. I was waiting for the right thing, and like you say, things don't happen overnight. And it came up eventually and then I was, you know, I've moved. And like personally it's been difficult. I've lost both of my nans. So that's been tricky. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is like I've stayed on a I wanna say like an eighty percent like great like mental like well being space, like internally. Yay! And that's been great. Um, aside from like the dip in December with seasonal affective disorder because that was tough but yeah take taking that aside like i know why that is like i need the sun like vitamin d so you literally it. can't help that it's like no. the way the world goes around and you have to learn to accept it um which i'll definitely do more of this year come on um but it's been tough but i honestly feel like um the day of my 26th birthday because they say don't you they say that your brain doesn't develop until finish develop until you're 25 um, I honestly feel like on the day of my 26th birthday, my brain was just like, it, it fitted the wires together. And it was like, yeah, yeah she's, she's good now. And I, I, it honestly feels like that. And I've just maintained, like my birthday was May. And so that's what like, I, I'm not very good at maths, like fifth month of the year and that was January. 
am like seven months ago seven yeah. months ago yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and i've maintained that since then and that's been great and like i've dealt with stuff in a really good way and um yeah just like and i've enjoyed doing the podcast obviously and i've really i think what aside from connecting with you and connecting with our audience the thing i've enjoyed the most is just being nosy in other people's lives like they're (laughs) they're the things that i want to know but if i just messaged someone i didn't know randomly and asked questions like that wouldn't it be weird but but i also feel like we need to be open to that sort of thing like i'll Mm. be honest because i found this like even just with because i mean you and i both are but on like you know even sort of like personal instagram and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and like in conversation and whatnot i totally own up to the fact that i've had like major mental health issues and i've done what i've had to do to go with it for example mm-hmm. and in doing that i've had like two or three other people just randomly mm-hmm. like out the blue message me and go oh laura i know this is the thing that you've done can we have a chat and it's like if i have to seem like a bit of a if i have to put myself forward like that and be vulnerable and you know risk that whole judgment factor and like oh who does she think she is mm-hmm. it's like it's not it's not necessarily about me though like it is Mm. and i think you should be able to have those safe places to share whatever you're up to but also it is that thing of people coming and asking you questions like linkedin and that that should be if it's work social media you absolutely should be able to just drop someone a message and go what are you up to yeah no yeah no but we are there to fill the gap until that happens so that's fine yeah no very good point very good point so yeah, on to a new year, new exciting things for the podcast and the website. Ooh. Ooh. You'll find out more on social media. Um, but yeah, exciting. So moving on <laughs> from that then. <laughs> um, what are you gonna put in the shredder? Now, if you're new, this is basically where we talk about something that happens in the workplace. Sometimes it's something that you've shared and we share on your behalf. Um, or something we've experienced ourselves throughout our many now years of work. Um, it's something we want from the shredder and we want to get rid of. And the rule is it's a bit like 101, room 101, it's gone forever. Doesn't matter how unrealistic it is or small, if it's if it goes in the shredder, and I don't know, I have to say it's dead scouts, but it's gone forever. So, Laura, what are you putting in the shredder this week? Um, People who don't climb meetings, but just don't turn up to them. People who what? Decline meetings? They don't, no, they don't oh, decline they just... the meeting. They just don't turn up. Oh! Height of bad manners. Inconveniences everybody else involved in that meeting. And also just like, no, sort yourself out. If you can't manage your time, if you can't manage your time to not be able to avoid doing that, then you're too busy, which means you need to have a talk about your workload. You've got incredibly awful manners, and then we need to go talk to your parents who should have brought you up better. Or get a PA, and that is your business case for it. I know what you mean. Isn't it just because, like, especially sometimes if you've done prep for a meeting, or, like, you've got, um, like, last Friday, so this person had accepted the meeting you know it wasn't that situation but it was a two-hour meeting in my diary that i'd organized and we had a bit to go through and i was thinking i had another meeting plan for that afternoon and i was thinking why have i done this to myself why have i got like a two-hour meeting in the morning and then like a two-hour meeting in the afternoon on a friday yeah. when i've got stuff to do and he the guy sorry can't make it and i was thinking 
oh yes you know when that meeting's cancelled and you just think like the meeting would have been fine but yeah. I, just, I just wanted the time back and it was friday morning i just needed a break but well, when no, people exactly. don't reply but that's communication isn't it if somebody mm-hmm. communicates with you effectively you can plan your time accordingly like exactly. things do happen we all understand this like, mm-hmm. you can't always help it but like just plug your brain in and use your words i know and you don't even have to say words you can just click decline can't you it, t- it does look, take does two it minutes <sighs> no that's definitely going in the shredder it's just horrific have you got anything you are you gonna do you, i was gonna say are you gonna do your noise i've missed do, your noise do you know what side notes everyone i've actually got a shredder in my house <laughs> because uh, we did it this is totally no one cares but we did like you know the classic like new year gonna change my life like declutter the house and we got rid of so much paperwork but it's still in the box to be shredded but anyway we've actually got a shredder so maybe i'll record the noise but it's about 20 years old so it's like <laughs> that's literally what it does so yeah so <laughs> your noise is better your noise is a lot better than thank that. you thank you are you gonna shred anything or are you just having my one as well because it is a very common all too common good one it is all too common and i do have a related one that i could share but no laura i've like pre-thought about my answer for once it's because it's the first podcast back give it like three weeks Gail, where we yeah, yeah we've had time name. to think about this one exactly <laughs> i've had months of preparation i want to actually do like instead of a shredder like I want to save something, you know, I put it in in my jazzy email inbox file about something that's positive about work, which I know we don't always talk about. No, but... no, no. We can, yeah, we need to see the good stuff. But it is a new year, so what I want to talk about is workplace friendships and like keeping in touch with like and real valuable workplace friendships. So I left my old job in um june i left my old job last june which is crazy that's mental it's gone so fast and i had like you know work bestie there um and a few friends and stuff and um now she's left the organization as well she left the beginning of this year and like you know what it's been what like six months we still speak like every week every few days um and it's just so nice and i didn't doubt when we left that we wouldn't speak but work relationships can be difficult can't they? because you can get on with people dead well and you say oh you know we'll definitely stay friends like whatever we'll meet for coffee whatever um and you never do and you think oh that's a shame and you think oh well it was just like you know the friends for a season you were work friends that's yeah and that's natural but it's just lovely that when you do keep hold of them friendships and i think the pandemic has in a sense made it easier because we'd <laughs> we talk on teams obviously like like you would do day day to day but yeah we'd also speak on whatsapp about all the stuff that we didn't want people on teams to read like many people understand so because we spoke on whatsapp every day and we weren't seeing each other it didn't actually make any difference that we didn't work in the same organization because we were still work- both working from home yeah, yeah so i think that kept us like close and stuff but it's just so nice to maintain that but yes that's my positive one to put yeah. in that's such a good positive though and like i completely agree i mean even today well so this week alone i've booked to go and see a mate for breakfast on my way to somewhere else and then and she's from my old job and then today i booked to go and see harry potter and the cursed child at the end of march 
with a mate from my old job like it just one of my best mates now in london i first met at my old job and stuff like that like they are just such yeah it's just lovely isn't it like having nice people around yeah and why wouldn't you keep the good ones yeah like when work friends just become friends that you met at work yeah that's that's i don't love that um let us know about some of your workplace friendships as well um you know drop us a comment a dm an email about um any like really positive stories that you've got from there as well also a lot of people have like successful workplace romances don't they and they're like married with three kids and like they met at work which is really nice um so if you've got any nice stories like that send them through um and we'd love to share them on the podcast Okay, so we're moving on to the interview section of our podcast now, and we'll be totally transparent. We actually recorded this um, this section last year, and it was going to be the final episode of 2021, but as we've said, life sort of got in the way, um, but we still think it's a very relevant conversation. So today, yeah. we're talking with Rachel O'Bain. So we talked to Rachel about lots of different things, including the work she does within her social enterprise. But we also talk about her work as an activist with Reclaim the Night Liverpool and also on the broader subject of the safety of women and girls today. And as we said, we spoke about this last year um, with her, but I think this is, you know, incredibly relevant. You know, a lot have happened, high profile, um, murders of women in 2021 and even in 2022 we've seen that again already um and for every you know woman that hits the headlines there's there's so many others that don't hit the headlines um so we think this is a really important topic to um to be discussing with rachel so we will um get on with that interview now so thanks Rachel so much for joining us today for the podcast so today we want to talk a lot about women's safety and your role in Reclaim the Night Liverpool but uh, Thriving Well and Thriving is a work-related podcast at the same time so to kick us off we'd love to hear more about your work at the moment Creative Spaces Co and how that's going. It's going really well to be honest which is nice to be able to say it's been such a hard slog um you know during the pandemic and then just after you kind of after um restrictions were eased um so things are starting to get into the groove which is quite fun um projects coming to life um i feel like i'm i'm in the flow of things which is really nice um uh, because creative spaces company um is a social enterprise that animate spaces with arts and culture and creative happenings and one of the worst things that you could do during a pandemic is bring loads of people together uh, (laughs) in one space so this great sort of community project idea that I had um and launched in 2019 and was just getting going March 20 everything just kind of crashed um and so we you know, all went home and everything was from, from home. And um, we did some really nice projects, um, but it was hard. It was really hard for me. Yeah. I think I think for a lot of people, um, like our mental health struggled. And then if you work in the sector, part of your role is to support other people's mental health. Um, and yeah. so by the time January 2021 came, I just crashed out. I was just like, I am just exhausted. This is terrible. <laughs> Uh, you've been everything to everybody else and like ultimately nothing to yourself I suppose it's just burnout isn't it 
Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people in the social economy sector kind of got that. Um, so after a bit of a, a crash out in January 21, what a way to start the new year. <laughs> it's just really, really awful. Um, things are starting to, to, to come back and it, it does feel... Um, it feels really nice to kind of be able to to be back out talking to people um and as lovely as it is to be seeing your lovely faces on zoom i'm so glad that this is very rare now because <laughs> zoom was hard hard zoom chats but um it's it's really nice so things are going really well it's so good to hear that you've been able to keep going like through this on some level as well and then now you can kind of just pick up straight after because it's such a great cause it sounds you know it's what everyone needs isn't it just any kind of spaces to get together and interact with people but you don't want to be doing it in a really dark and dingy place like you need that creative element to just pick it up a bit don't you definitely and it is lovely so we we deliver um um the story box project which is um a really lovely interactive storytelling session for under fives and we do four to eleven events um but we also run a book club we've done creative writing for adults um so it's really nice to to have um this like creative activity back in like our libraries and community centers um and then um it's probably you know it's the worst time to be out in parks now um for a long period of time because it is cold <laughs> but we're doing you know <laughs> as we uh in the new year when when the spring comes around we'll be back in parks and that'll be really nice that's so good like did you have a a background in kind of a creative career before this or was this a complete and utter change for you in 2019 um so i would describe myself as a community development worker and um and and that's what I've done for a long time um and I just found that what was a really good way to do community development work was through creative activities um and so I just I love them I love them happening I love being involved in them um and so that's really it's come from this brings me joy and I want to pass it on to as many people as possible and which is really lovely I don't deliver everything um you know we bring in other people to help us deliver projects because um we just want to kind of bring the arts in all its many forms um so we've worked with um the bookworm players who are another social enterprise and they do children's theater and they're amazing and we've worked with um square peg cic who have done so many amazing art workshops with us like screen printing and just like fab things that I just adore um yeah I always have a go my artwork's terrible I'm a terrible artist myself <laughs> but I enjoy it and that's, that's 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 the main thing so yeah so it's it's about just giving opportunities for people to get creative and come together because I think that we've got to strengthen communities and strengthen those community connections that have been strained in the pandemic and um, so it's how we build them back up Absolutely. Like you completely can see the worth in it, even though, you know, I haven't been able to go and see one of those projects is here and you explain that it's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like it sounds fab. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> but so sort of through particularly your work in communities and whatnot then, like have you sort of experienced or seen or just come across any specific issues for women in relation to work that you can share with us? I think that the workplace reflects wider society um as it always has done 
And so when there are problems in wider society for women, they are often um, in the workplace as well. Um, so I've worked in places where um, very casual sexism is tolerated and not challenged, as I'm sure almost every woman, if not all women, have experienced. Um, I've seen domestic abuse um, that people have reported or they're on the you know they they come into terms with that domestic abuse um and i think that you see these things um in our workplaces as we do in everyday life and so it's about you can't separate those those two things our our, our whole society yeah. and and the workplace that they are they are connected so i think that um i'm you're always seeing them and it's about how you challenge them and sometimes that can be different. You can, sometimes you challenge that slightly differently in the workplace as you would in, in the street or, you know, in a nightclub. Um, but that challenge is still really important. Yeah, it's a really good point that it's yeah. what you see in work is reflected in wider society. And I probably never thought about it in quite the same way. But like you say, you maybe deal with it in a different way. But it doesn't mean that the problems are different that present themselves. We just maybe maybe we choose not to see them or for whatever reason um we we don't look at them the same as if we saw them you know on the front of a newspaper for example about someone down the road or on like a community forum so really interesting point um i've never never considered it quite like that um how did you get involved with reclaim the night liverpool then and sort of what are you up to at the moment with them um so i got involved in reclaim the night in 2013 it's a long time ago now. Um, I just feel really old and uh, right. wise. <laughs> um, you can focus uh, on the wise bit when you start yeah. putting ages on things. Yeah, I do feel like sometimes, like I, I'm like, um, you know, like the wise old woman in like books or films. <laughs> Let me tell yeah. you about patriarchy. <laughs> because <laughs> like, um, I've, I've been involved for a long time um, and, and that, that's activism so I got involved in activism um, in 2013 um, through university societies um, and I was involved in the National Union of Students Women's Committee um, and so I was travelling around to all these different Reclaim the Nights and we don't have one in Liverpool and um, I just got involved in it from there and from there it's grown um, people have come and gone as they've they come into the city and left the city people have people have stayed throughout it um, and I think um, it's been a really big part of my life for a long time um, as an activist as, as helping to organize the these marches um, they take a lot of work we haven't been able to do them um, in the pandemic obviously because it's been difficult to organize and then also I think that there are some difficulties about organizing at the moment for activists I think a lot of activists are struggling um, with burnout and I don't necessarily think yeah. we think of activism in the same way we would with any other type of labor mm-hmm. um, and so um, that's something that I'm I personally have really struggled with and I know other activists are and I think it's really important that we talk about that I think yeah. that the um, pandemic just as a, as a whole having an impact on our mental health um, but then I think the Sarah Everard case, um, I think that 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 was massive um, for a lot of people. I think it was very frightening. Um, 
I think that the police response to the vigil that then happened was extremely frightening and challenging for a lot of women. Um, I think it was challenging for us as a wider society to be confronted with that case and then the response to that case and then the court case. And I think that's a lot of things that have happened. So I think at the moment, whilst that there's a lot of anger and burning fear and frustration and wanting for change how we act on that I think a lot of us are struggling with right now and that's really important that we talk about that that we can say actually I have no energy right now to fight I need to take a pause I need to take a break because I I know that's definitely where I'm coming from at the moment Mm -hmm. Um, and being there for each other and when some people have to step back other people can step forward and that's why it's really important that we don't have gatekeepers of the movement um, that we continually share that knowledge that learning that experience that everybody's given the opportunity to learn to speak to have a um, you know those opportunities to lead because actually sometimes when you've been involved in something like since 2013 which is a really really long time um you need to say actually need to take a break it's really really hard and that's you know what's so important to allow other people to come through um and that's something that's a that's an onward that's a, that's a that's a long journey like this will probably be a journey that all of us go through until you know we're very 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 old and <laughs> even more i'll have even more wisdom <laughs> yeah i think that's that's such a massive part of it is that you do, people don't necessarily appreciate either is that when it comes to activism, it's not like a job. Like you use the word labor there, which I think is really interesting because it absolutely is a form of labor, but it's not in the same as like your salaried career or whatever, because you can't turn it off. Like you don't get to, you know, go home, take your shoes off and eat your dinner and like stop being somebody who's fighting for equality and like stop being somebody who wants to protect women or anything like that and it's just I think that in a way that's what just keeps it going doesn't it because you can't just switch it off and you can't just go oh do you know what not tonight like I've had a lot of meetings about this today I'm over this topic like we're going to move on to a different one you've just got to keep going yeah and I think that it's extremely that's what's so extremely difficult is that you have got to keep going Um, and so it's looking at what does keep going look like you know, so in terms yeah. of as a, as an activist, what what does an activist look like, and what does the keep on, keeping on going for an activist look like? And sometimes that's just taking a different role with your activism. Um, whether so, some people organise protests and then can switch to like writing and writing in opinion pieces or poetry or creative writing and, and take activism that way. Um, vice versa. I think that it's about looking at all those 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 things, and also. I think that um, mobilizing for like one specific thing can be can be sometimes um, really really difficult um, and really really empowering, and both of those can exist at the same time, or you can separate them at different times in your life, um, because you know being a feminist is totally a full time job, I find, <laughs> and you know it's it, it's it's relentless because the patriarchy is relentless that threat of of gendered violence is relentless that yeah challenge of our day-to-day existence that background noise of drip 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 of misogyny that so many of us just go through our lives 
experiencing that. Um, and then that can be coupled um, with racism, with disabledism, with homophobia, and actually just existing. It yeah. can, can actually be a lot of pressure when you are challenging these, these systems. Um, that all designed, you know, to maintain the status quo and actually fighting against that status quo is very difficult because it is how things seem and uh -huh. are and will always be. Now, of course, that's not the case. We know this because of the huge changes that have happened in society and the law um, and, and, and cultural mores. But it's a fight. It's a really big fight um, yeah. that, that all of us take on every single day as feminists. So it's looking at what roles we play, how we play them, what fights we take, what fights we don't, um, and how we support each other within all of that. That's the biggest thing. I think women supporting women is the thing that I would, my very wise thing that I would <laughs> is women's sport and women is really important and that doesn't yeah. mean that we can't challenge each other and question and and um push back on things that that, that other women do to to other women um but it's about supporting and creating a supportive environment is really really important and actually you can challenge in a really supportive way i've i found um, yeah and that's really important that went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> that was okay. <laughs> no, no, that was great. And I just really want to say, like, I find it really admirable, like the work that that you're doing, and like because it it like like Laura was saying, like it's difficult because you know when you do work and you've got like o you've got other priorities in your life, and it's admirable to find and work towards a cause that you identify with, and even if you know. I feel like I'm passionate about loads of different things and I care about loads of different things, particularly like equality and um, like inclusion and diversity. That's what I really care about a lot. But then I think, do I actually do enough actual work yeah. towards that? And it's really admirable that that's something that you are doing to, I mean, I mean, I agree with the cause obviously, but it's a cause that you're passionate about when you're actually, you know, doing the work and putting the time in, I think there's probably a lot of people and people will be listening who don't realize the work that goes on behind the scenes to um fight issues like this and to even to just approach them and have them conversations you know it's not it's not your full-time job it's it's something that you do outside of your working hours and you dedicate time and you know i just want to say like that's really admirable and like well done for for doing that and you know i get that i get burnout is a massive thing but like you should be you know really proud of like what you have done and the amount of time you've been doing it for because it's not easy and you know you doing really well so I just want to say I just want to say well done. no that's amazing and I think that it's so lovely when when we do celebrate each other and, and we say well done and congratulations and help help each other pull each other up and I think that that's so thank you very much it's very nice uh, I'm very red <laughs> <laughs> no. I think it's so good to hear from you as well about like the recognition of how big this thing is like it's not just about one instant and one moment in time it's not just about like women full stop you know as you were saying it's it's just inequality across the board isn't it really and like having absolutely having your passion like your passions that you and the causes that you can really get behind and drive but ultimately it's that whole thing of like where people get afraid of the word feminism because it's got femme at the start of it but it's not just about that it is literally 
we all need to just play nice with each other and end this, you know, state of violence that we've unfortunately got ourselves into. Yeah, I think that you know it is it 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 on a on a on a kind of individual level. I think that it can be you know challenging for people to to come to terms with you know even the term feminism or kind of that that pushing against things that have and always have been. Um, yeah, I think that's quite an exhausting thing. Um, it's huge, isn't it? It's a huge thing for people to comprehend that we are trying to dismantle an entire system. Um, that can be a huge shock to the system. So it's about how we take those conversations, how we have that argument, how we push back on that very, you know. So I always describe it as the dull background noise of misogyny. Because it's that casual everyday instances that we just come to accept as that's the price you pay for existing in society. Yeah. That catcalling, street harassment, abuse, sexual assault, intimidation, these are things that so often we are just told to accept because that's how things are. And to challenge that and to suddenly be aware that this is happening and you are being oppressed is huge and not everybody likes the idea of being oppressed and the idea of being a victim because of the connotations that our society have put in place for victims um and so i think that we have to have those conversations about what misogyny is why it's not acceptable how we need to push back against it and that actually it's doable um if you look at cigarette smoking so um you know not that long ago smoking in pubs and nightclubs indoors in the cinema was completely um you know totally acceptable and there was a pushback against smoking indoors to the point now where to smoke indoors in a public place is so shocking that we've banned it as a country. And this is a billion dollar industry. Some of the most powerful capitalists are involved in tobacco and cigarette industry. And yet it's been outlawed to smoke in public places and smoking is gradually going down and down and down of those people who are now smoking. We've challenged that. And that is facing up to billions and billions of dollars and a lot of vested interest in keeping people smoking tobacco. So if we can do that, we absolutely can tackle misogyny and eradicate it. It is possible. These These are not, you know, things that, or inevitable violence against women is not inevitable and you know misogyny in its whole form is not inevitable it's not the natural way of things these these things can be challenged but it does take that imagination that dedication that political will from politicians but also political will of, of us to say that this is an important issue for us so i think that it's really doable but it's hard worthwhile things are always hard yeah i love i love that as well like i love the hope there because i've been listening to um 
I started listening to Woman's Hour on my uh, my lunch break walk, and there's been a lot of stuff about misogyny in recent weeks, and mm-hmm. um, particularly a lot about um, what their audience. I mean, I know I'm I'm a member of their audience too because I listen, but a lot of people I always listen. It's all, it, if anyone doesn't know, Woman's Hour's on a ten, and I always listen at twelve. So I never, I never ever. Um, reply and I think sometimes that's good because maybe I could get a bit too heated um but they've been talking a lot, a lot about that and you know quizzing um, a lot of politicians about whether it should be made to hate crime and stuff like that so that's been a lot in my mind as well so it's it's really positive and hopeful that you think that and I'm not saying I don't think it can be but it's just it's massive isn't it it's such a big thing and I think sometimes like we don't even realize what we what we have taken in and we accept as normal and you know it's only like when you look at your own internalized misogyny and you think oh wow like I didn't even consider that because we're so ingrained in society so it's just really hopeful that um you think it's something that we can tackle I just I just love the hope um and on that note really is there anything you think that businesses and organizations could begin to do to start to tackle this problem because I, I think there's like a sliding scale of, well I do I think it's all bad but I think people think oh it's not that I'll get actually I'll give you a quick example so a few years ago in 2017 for a secret Santa where I was working at the time it was a probably I'd say a male dominated organization where I was working and um I got for secret Santa a um copy of I didn't know this person by the way they were in my wider team, but I'd never had a conversation. I got, um, I think I got a Karma Sutra from them, um, a pair of handcuffs, um, and other, like, you know, associated paraphernalia. And I remember thinking, why is this right? What have you... I mean, I was only, what, like, 22 at the time. This lad was, like, 20. And um, it wasn't really taken seriously at all. And I and I felt humiliated because the, the manager was going around asking people, oh, what did you get? And I was thinking, if I've got to say to this manager, I've just been bought all this stuff and I was humiliated. And then it wasn't taken seriously. And I think back now, if that had happened to me this year, I would have dealt with it a whole different differently and I'd have stuck up for myself more and I'd have, you know, gone through a complaint process and I'm telling you now, that guy would not be still working there. Yeah. But... I sort of was made to feel like, oh, it's not that big a, it's not that big a deal. But in fact, it points to a, a wider issue of how women are treated. So that bit, bit of a tangent there. But what do you think, like organisations can do to sort of tackle? Because I think it's where we let the small stuff go, and then it becomes the bigger problem. I don't know what you think on that. I think, firstly, your anger and frustration at what happens is totally justified um i just think that's awful and i'm so sorry that it did um because it is just not acceptable um in the workplace because we do have mores in the workplace and we set things that are appropriate so most organizations have a dress code we have you know most organizations you would say that swearing um would not be um, appropriate um, and you would also have kind of like different levels of, of uh, behavior management in the workplace and what I think is really important that businesses and workplaces do is that we set the standard around misogyny and casual misogyny is just not acceptable in the same way 
that um, breaking, breaking, you know, kind of other company policies just wouldn't be acceptable. And you've got to set that tone. Um, mm. And that's, that's really important um, from the outset. And that is what kind of leaders in organizations do. And it's something that I think that the trade union movement needs to really push. And I think things are getting better. And I think that they are really pushing this. And there's some fantastic women leaders in the trade union movement who are pushing for this. Um, but it's about that that reinforcing what is acceptable language and what is not acceptable language. Um, and that and that has to come from that tone that, that is set. And so I think that you lead by example of what of what we what we want the workplace to look and feel like and I think that's really important to do through trade unions because consulting with members and and asking you know what is it that that makes the workplace more friendly and acceptable one of the things I absolutely detest is being called love um I don't think it's friendly um and quite often I've encountered it in a patronizing way from older male colleagues um it is something that I do challenge but actually that writing that into a into a HR policy is, is is quite difficult and I think you know I'm being realistic about that if I took that to um a HR department they might they might be a bit surprised by that um but what we can do is set the tone and so actually using the use of pet names is just not an appropriate thing to share with colleagues and challenge that and one of the things as well is is asking other men to call it out and expecting yeah. other men to call it out mm-hmm. um i have worked in places with some brilliant men who have so for example um i remember trying to chair a meeting um and i kept being interrupted um and it was really frustrating so as i was challenging it but the problem was every time i had to challenge it i was still being interrupted um, so I just I just couldn't control this meeting and it was very frustrating. Um, and an older male colleague stopped the person who was interrupting me and said, I would like to hear from Rachel. Rachel's the chair. Can you stop talking, please? And it had this like huge, huge effect. Um, yeah. And just that allyship was really important. And I think that that never underestimate the role of that but the and also that that didn't necessarily have to come from a man if it come from a woman as well um it's re- it, it is really important i think as well in the workplace having women supporting other women is really important one of the yeah. the most um one of the most upsetting things um i find in the workplace is when women don't support other women that is always more painful to me than things I've encountered, yeah. like microaggressions that I've encountered from men, microaggressions from women have been worse. That that that's really hurt. Um, you know, I've definitely found it. Mm. Sorry, just on that, like being interviewed by a woman, I've found it tougher than when being interviewed by a man for different roles. And I don't, I and it's one of them that you almost don't want to see it because you don't want to be the one who says that kind of thing but it absolutely is true I think I get a lot tougher questions and like a bit more put on the spot when a female is interviewing than when a male does it I think that's really interesting and I wonder if that's broken down um in age class race yeah you know yeah I think that that how 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 are we treating 
people based on even if they look like us how how are we treating them how how is that level of fairness and sort of support happening and so i think that um it's about changing that culture and that level of expectation um and it, that can be really hard because actually sometimes it can be really difficult to be that person in the office that's saying excuse me i don't think that's appropriate excuse me i don't think i like that that's really difficult role to have and so i don't necessarily blame anybody for not standing up so when you were saying before and um, jess about you felt you know frustrated that at the time you didn't but actually that's a massive thing to do um it's yeah. christmas time everyone's feeling jolly there's an expectation to take it as a laugh um of course it's not funny of course it's not fancy it's, in, it's highly inappropriate um but that expectation for you to challenge that is a lot and actually that needs to be set out you know if we're doing a secret santa then actually managers should be saying look we're really excited to be doing a secret santa but these are the expectations that we have in place um when people are being inducted the way that you are giving your safe health and safety induction um and you know giving your pass and your photos taken and you know all of these things that happen in a workplace why isn't the expectation of how we treat each other part of that and i think that that needs to start becoming the norm um and and i think that trade unions can do a lot of work on this um and, and can be really at the forefront and i think that would be huge for the experiences of women but also um of of minorities um and people who are underrepresented in whatever industry that they're in and that changes um yeah. from sector to sector but i think it's about it's about challenging it um and, and, and also businesses being open to those conversations and not in a defensive way because actually if people are um feeling safe and comfortable and happy in their workplace that makes everything a lot better um you know I think labor our labor is is something that we that we, that we give and that needs to be given in in one of the best environments that we can because then that that you know I think that's really important that that we treat people with dignity and respect absolutely I hope that was okay yeah. I kind of yeah. <laughs> no no absolutely bang on um so just kind of like a I think a, probably a final question from me is like of course there is stuff that needs to be done this is you know this isn't something you can just switch off from and it is absolutely going to take time but where do you think like the balance lies between having it as such a forefront of an issue that we're consistently trying to fix and essentially instilling panic in people and like you know women being afraid to be in an all-male workplace or even just going out in the dark and that kind of thing um think that fear exists whether we talk about it or we don't talk about it yeah and sometimes it can be really uncomfortable to talk about that fear out loud for ourselves as individuals or as a collective society and i think that you know the sarah everard case brought to the front um you know that fear that a lot of us um experience and 
I think it has really impacted a lot of people in that that gut instinct that sometimes we have that we've been told to have since we were allowed to leave the house by ourselves as we are finding those you know foundational experiences that sometimes that gut instinct that that feeling in your stomach can actually be a reality and that yeah. it isn't just a scare something terrible can happen and that's terrifying and hugely upsetting and something that we have to challenge because in 2021 this is not the experience that almost half of the population over half of the population are experiencing and so that is frightening it's very upsetting and sometimes it can make us pause and not want to act. Sometimes it can make us want to act in anger. And I think that this is a really important moment that we've collectively taken a breath. And now we need to look at actually, what is it that can make us safer? And how do we yeah. make ourselves safer? And how do we challenge this epidemic of male violence against women? that is resulting in women being murdered, assaulted, raped, attacked in, on, you know, on the streets, in their homes, in their workplaces. What is it that has emboldened and empowered so many men to act in this way? And what is it that we can do to change it? And any change, no matter how big or how small is going to chip, chip, chip away at this huge thing that stands in front of us. So yes, it's scary. And I think that fear has been given sort of a spotlight. Mm -hmm. And now we have to say what next. And all these individual actions, I think will have an impact on that. You and thanks so much for sharing with us and taking the time to talk to us. I think it's been a really interesting, important conversation. And you know, yeah, just like thanks for bringing your um your wise your wise experience. And you know, I hope this is something that um you know I'm taking some stuff away from it as well. I'm sure Laura is. You know, I hope everyone yeah. listening can take something away and understand that even if it is just. If even it's just that little thing every day chipping away, like you say, we're not gonna we're not gonna get there overnight, but we're not gonna get there alone either. We all have to do our little part, and maybe for some people, you know, maybe people think actually I want to get more involved in activism, and maybe, you know, maybe it's just for someone. Or if I could go back to meet them years ago and actually say, do you know what, just be that person in the office and, you know, challenge that little tiny because I'm I'm so like respectful of authority and i've ne I never like never meant to be that way it's just the way i've been brought up so when you like me and laura spoke about this before but when you told something is like the way it is in school for example sort of like i didn't i didn't go to uni so i transitioned from school to the workplace so you automatically assume that the people in charge have your best interests at heart so why would they not want to you know look after you and why would you need to say oh that's not right because they're not they're the adult but they kind of are the older adult and you're like mm -hmm. the new one um 
So I think that's just really important that like we're not gonna get there overnight, but um to trust our gut as well in situations that feel a little bit scary. I've read a lot recently about how sort of we're taught to um not trust our gut and over the years like we reduce our ability to do it so it's about leaning in isn't it to like what feels safe in any situation regardless of whether that's against um women in general or you know anything just if it doesn't feel right then you know it's okay to trust that instinct and you know to to move on or ask for help or whatever but yeah I just want to say a really big thank you for coming to speak to us and also Mm -hmm. for the work that you're doing and continue to do not just for women but obviously in your professional life as well so yeah a huge a huge thank you and a well done for everything that you're doing thank you so much and thank you and I think as well just to end the point about sometimes in the workplace on the street in in our homes things happen that we reflect on a long time later be easy on yourself be kind to yourself these are very extreme situations that we find ourselves in and that ultimately perpetrators will always be to blame and there is some learning that we can take from it of for you know be the woman to support those younger workers coming in through the workplace and have that guidance that you maybe didn't have support other sisters to um speak out against violence that they've experienced i think that there's some really good things that we can do from our terrible experiences um but always be kind to yourself because these are very extreme situations and it's never our fault Yeah, thank you so much for that, Rachel. That was a really interesting conversation to have. And I think, unfortunately, in many ways, it's incredibly necessary to have that focus on women's safety. You know, as we very honest about and mentioned to you all before, um, we did record that at the end of last year, but just incredibly sadly and horrifically. Um, You know, even in the past couple of weeks, you've had the murder of Ashley Murphy, for example, over in Ireland. and there are, yeah, it, it's not, it was not a one-time thing um, that happened last year that we had to talk about. It has been going on for years. And at the moment it is, it's all, it's a possibility. Um, and it's something that we need to, need to be aware of, but that's why it's so encouraging to hear from someone like her, I think, um, in terms of the good work that is being done against it to protect women. Um, and also just to hear from her about integrating into societies on a bigger level with a positive message, because ultimately you know as um as martin luther king said and we are in martin luther king week um you know hate can't drive out hate only love can and like you know darkness can't drive out darkness only light can and that's straight from the bible too so you know massive level of truth there um but yeah jess just kind of to highlight a couple of key points there that we've been speaking about i just wondered if you have any specific safety tips or whatever that you find that you do um just so anyone listening to this can kind of have some really core takeaways that will hopefully help them in the future yeah I mean I'm going to be really honest here and it's going to be something that I feel like if you understand you will relate but if not you might not and in a way I feel lucky that because I am overweight and not particularly appealing to the male gaze 
I know that I get less of an issue than some women. And that's, you know, I've still had experiences, but I know I get less and, and I feel lucky in that respect that I'm not. And, you know, for some men, it's not about appearance or whatever. It's not about that. That's just, it's a woman. It's it's a bigger, deeper issue. But um, because, you know, because of that, I've, I've definitely feel like I've experienced less. But, and do you know what? Also, I don't have any particular safety tips that are beneficial. Like, it's bad, isn't it? But I don't go, I don't really go out alone at night. I'd never walk the dog by myself in the dark. I'd go out at night in the light maybe, but I wouldn't go out in the dark. There's a route between the supermarket and my house that's not lit. And after five o'clock, I won't walk there. Um, yeah. I don't really go out in the dark without my husband, which isn't right. Like these things aren't right. But um, I think what I worry about, and this is not about like me, I suppose this leads into you, Laura, but I worry about you and I worry about my, I know I know things happen everywhere. Like Liverpool's a city of crime. You only have to go on the Echo and something's happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it happens everywhere. It's not exclusive, but I think, I suppose because I'm pure like up in Liverpool wife, I think of I think of you down in London. I think of another friend I've got in London who's single as well. And I think like, you know, you are out living your best lives in the city. And I yeah. worry like that you're not safe. Do you know what I mean? And and I worry about that. Um and I suppose I feel lucky in a way that I've sort of like I've got a man on my side there to protect me and that's not right. I shouldn't feel like shouldn't feel like you have to be with a man. Nice. to feel safe but it does make me feel safer and that's not yeah. it's you know me tip for people it isn't go and find a husband it's not about that but i suppose like me tip is to keep having these conversations and when you are going out and meeting people you know it's it's letting people know and making people aware which you shouldn't have to do you should that shouldn't yeah, but even it's just, be a conversation but it's about your sensible response mm. to an environment as opposed to your intended creation of a situation yeah yeah like we have to accept that this is the way the situation sits isn't it this yeah. is how women are viewed um a lot of the time and yeah so i think it's just like that like i don't i also like which i think every woman does is like when i walk at night carry me keys in me fingers so that i can stab someone in the eye if i need to <laughs> do you know what actually having a dog does help yeah like and um this isn't like a a thing about violence but one thing i find a lot of the time is um without pure giving you the life history of me rescue dog it's not great with other dogs and so if there's other dogs walking like if you walk past with your dog fine you know what i mean the dog's not coming over no problems but there's a lot of people who where i walk locally the dogs off lead and they don't really want to do anything about it. And the dog comes over. The dog's got no recall, basically. And then, you know, it's in my dog's face, personal space. Yeah. Um, and so I say, excuse me, my dog's not friendly. Can you put your dog on a lead? And more often than not, it's it's men. Um, and the response I get is like, uh, love, what are you saying? Uh, excuse me. It's like there's an issue with me. It's like because I'm a woman, they have an issue with me. I'm not even being confrontational, but I'm just speaking. Whereas, so were you being were you being assertive there when you're having authority over your animal, and that's what they don't like. Yeah, that. And so when we've walked like me and my husband together, 
and then like at the weekend he was like can you put your dog on a lead mate because the dog's not friendly oh yeah mate sam no problems <laughs> and it's like but i don't get that same response no. and and like it's just it that i just find that frustrating that you can't you know you're either a scared victim or you're assertive but either way you can't win in the situation it's just the way women are viewed isn't it and that's the bigger picture um yeah do you have any tips like how do you feel <laughs> let me pure saying like i'm wiped off so it's so it's easier no i d- I do think having solid, like, just having the good people around you will always help. Like, you know, I've been... Hello? Oh, oh, you're you're back. back. Okay. You're back. Yeah, you were gone. Sorry. I'm back. Um, Yeah, so I think for me, it was like, it is a thing of having the right people around you. So, like, even just for me... I've definitely been a person that's looked after others on a night out, even though I'm a girl and they were a girl. Like, but I'm I'm not a dick. I'm a, I'm a mm-hmm. nice person, so I'm gonna do. Do you know? It's that mm-hmm. thing of just if you've got like if I then go out with good mates, we'll figure it out. Like there is there's always that kind of just confidence and safety and what have you. Um. So yeah, and having those conversations and being open to those conversations and 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 those bits definitely do help. It's. It is just hard though because a lot of it is you're doing all the right things. Where unfortunately, you know, like you sort of Ashling, um, and you sort of Sarah Everard too. Like they did all the right things, but it still happened. And I think it's just I think as a tip for me, it's kind of fine like getting your head around it. So like you know, and I'm not saying that anybody should sit and dwell on it and sit in their own house neither you or I do that and neither you or I ever will but I think that's because like you've built something up in yourself and I just kind of not not ignore it so much like I'm definitely aware of it and as I say you know you tell people where you're going and all that kind of stuff and give heads up and what have you but just just be really sensible about those that you choose to have in your life be really sensible be a level of sensible about the choices that you make and where you've got control and then in those moments where you don't hopefully they will just be fewer and further between because you've done your bit where you can mm. um but it, it is just a hard one because i just I I, I I yeah i just find it really difficult because it is that thing of we can say x y and z but uh, you know there are too many examples of you've done those splits though and unfortunately it's still gone on i think all we can really do is just yeah make the best choices you can for yourself and as soon as you get the opportunity to make a comment for change and have those conversations do it because until certain men change their behavior this is just going to go around again yeah exactly do you feel different between so you obviously you've lived in quite a few different places now um yeah not trying to like say this is a bad place to live this is a good place to live but have you felt safer in certain areas or have you found it's been pretty much the same because obviously I've been here my entire life. Have you found like it's different where where you've moved to or? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was it was it, it, it's a, it's a weird one because like in Liverpool, obviously I was in a very residential, family focused area. Mm-hmm. If anyone knows Liverpool, I grew up like Calderstones slash. She grew up in posh Liverpool. Yeah, I grew up in the nice bit. So literally, I had I'd walk home from the gym or like come out like you know walk home from the bus stop from school and it was never that far anyway to be fair but like I still wasn't 
concerned mm. just because it, it was it was always out but you live in the nice bit kind of thing mm. um and then going away to uni and all that like I very rarely where it was a you know like a dark, I, I just wouldn't be in the dark that much or anything like mm. that and like I'm, and it comes back as well like you're either living with people who are expecting your home or at the very mm. least I was in a I was in a relationship through the whole of uni so I always had someone on are waiting mm. for me in one whether it was just waiting for like a text, a text and stuff like that. Yeah, there was yeah. always someone waiting for me mm. um and then in Birmingham where I was like much more alone I lived and worked in the city center so you still were very rarely like difficult it wasn't that difficult to mm. get anywhere like even if I got I think I had one taxi ride where I could have been more comfortable mm. but the whole journey in itself was probably 11 minutes mm-hmm. and I was like you know I wasn't like utterly drunk or any of that kind of stuff so it was quite easy to just be like okay you can just drop me out here now and thanks like mm. bye and leave like I had all of my senses together to be able to do that and then I was hope like it wasn't as if I was sat in a car for 40 minutes mm. it was great you know or any of that kind of stuff um so that was fine and then um yeah then coming down to London again actually the area I'm in now isn't dissimilar to the one I grew up in in Liverpool um then it was only three tube stops away that Sarah was murdered so mm. that was quite that was just a really hard thing to process because it doesn't feel safe unsafe where I live in the slightest and like mm. at the time of year it wasn't all that and it was locked down got for a walk all the time like, I'm not gonna mm. sit in the house I don't want to um and I came home every single time and I still do come home and it mm. that so yeah and like I've traveled like solo and all that mm, kind of stuff like yeah. I really don't let any of it stop me um and I really don't think that it should because I think that's when they win like that's when because the it's not wins. our problem to solve is exactly it? but we are made to feel like we have to talk about what do you do for tips how do you get around you know yeah like how do you mitigate the risk against yourself when that should never be the com- conversation but it is isn't it because like you say, until the behaviour of men and the attitudes even change. Not all men, yes, we know, but until that changes, we, we're we just going to keep saying this, aren't we? How do you keep yourself safe? What do you do? What can you try and yeah. do? But if a, if a situation happens, it's not it's not your fault, regardless yeah. of what, what the precautions you did or, or didn't take. That's, that's still not your fault, but sometimes it can feel easier can't it to make them make them decisions to do them certain things as you feel like you are mitigating your own risk for that to happen even though yeah it's still could yeah Yeah, it's tough really isn't it i mean they're talking about misogyny being made a hate crime aren't they and debating that in the house of lords so yeah i do i think it's a slow long fight but i i I do like to feel that in the vast majority we are going in the right direction like it was funny i so i saw a tweet today even where it was talking about um some someone to like you know they put a video like tiktok or whatever on Mm -hmm. saying how they can't wait for women to like decide they don't want to work anymore because like work is awful and all this you know because they're, they're trialing four day weeks for some organizations in the uk now that better be right that better be right Laura. <laughs> i'm telling you now just lie but, but then it was really interesting because someone had then quote tweeted it and gone yeah but hold on a second women literally fought and died for females to have the right to work because when we didn't have the right to work and when we weren't working 
is when we became financially solely dependent on men and that's mm-hmm. when we were uh, just we were straight up abused as a gender mm-hmm. because we didn't have choices was in horrific situations and i was like that's exactly it they like as much as we talk about oh yeah we'd love to have less working hours because you want to go on holiday and all this kind of stuff da, da, da. that's mm. just a work-life balance for human beings mm. you cannot gender that issue because women shouldn't have to rely on anybody other than themselves to get through life okay like i shouldn't have to be concerned about somebody else's actions and how that's going to affect me really like yeah. stay in your own lane and play nice mm-hmm no exactly yeah it's such a good point isn't it like yeah there's just a lot of food for thought there about yeah that's a separate conversation isn't it about like women's role in the workplace and um you know the choice to the choice to stay home which is still a which is still a privileged choice some people will have to go out to work anyway yeah but some people it is no choice is it exactly um and some people. I feel like we're, ha- we're going into a bigger that. debate here. We are. I think we could have but... a whole separate conversation on it. But it, yeah, it's yeah. really, it's really interesting and important to consider that Completely. about country. Yeah, I think it's one of those you don't, you don't, you don't want to end anything on like a bum note, do you? Yeah, but it is a big, deep conversation. Um, so what I would just, I think our our main point really is just keep having it, and we hope that like mm-hmm. through this episode in particular, but really through like the whole podcast, we've. Mm-hmm come across to people as a safe space for those conversations so if you want to open it up please come and do that yeah um, exactly and we don't always get it right do we laura we're just two people hmm. haven't who are oh, we uh, no one we're just two people willing to have these conversations and see what see what the outcome is and yeah i mean we know that 25 percent of our audience are male um so the 25 percent of you out there like let us know your thoughts as well you know how how you feel and we're, we're up for debating them difficult conversations so let us know Next okay so then to round off the podcast in itself Jess, you've got a quote for us haven't you i have i've got a quote you know what laura i forgot how draining doing this podcast is like <laughs> my brain is like (laughs) oh my gosh like it's because you've got really got to concentrate yeah so my quote is i'm gonna read it from my phone even though i think i know it it's if you do what you've always done you'll get where you've always gone and i think that's just a nice way to reflect on to start a new year to think about if you want something sometimes you have to do things differently and you have to change and you have to you have to do stuff to get there you know we've got dreams we've got things we want to do but you're only going to actually get there if you decide to do something about it so if you want new things you've got to try a new avenue and, and jump and not i mean i say i was gonna say not be afraid because uh, i'm like mrs afraid but <laughs> you've at least got to like try That's yeah so- if you want new you've got to do new exactly what did you say before laura when we were not recording it was that whole oh yeah things don't change if things don't change exactly i feel like that's even a better quote (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's so true isn't it like we've got to do something different and like if you've got an idea or whatever in your head that you want to do like just do it like i thought are people gonna think we're weird pure doing a podcast but you know here we are
The listeners say otherwise. The stats speak for themselves. <laughs> so, yeah. Amazing. First right. podcast Welcome of the year to... done. Yeah. Welcome to 2022 from yeah. Thriving Well 95 in. Whoop, whoop. Um, yeah. If you are brand new here, don't forget to check out our Instagram and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Do you get in touch? If you are here from last year, then we're so happy to see you again. And we are. ridiculously grateful for you. Um, and yeah, we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Thank yeah. you all so much. Have have a lovely few days before we catch up again. Bye. Bye. And thanks to Bald and Beardy Productions for the production of this podcast.